0: All right. Can we do this? <laughs> I have to leave in an hour and five minutes. Oh, my God. This is going to take like fucking eight seconds. Ish. Because <clears throat> I have nothing to contribute. This is all trash.
1: staring at me. Nope. It's real. Weird. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But what, but like, what else am I doing right now? I find it a little
0: uncomfortable because you're staring at me while talking the microphone. Your mouth's moving slightly. I think you may be plotting my death.
1: Maybe. But what else am I doing besides those things right now? I don't know. Talking? No. Ryan, I'm uh, sending you uh, mental images of how I'm going to murder you. Oh, I wasn't understanding. So we're not communicating right now. Uh, we're so bad at this. Hurts me. I've heard uh, that before. You think <laughs> Today, Ryan. <laughs> yes. We're going to talk about how to communicate better oh thank god and i think you really need this because i was sending you these very vivid images mentally speaking Uh and you weren't getting any of them i know this is on you and not on me
0: i'm so bad at knowing what you're thinking it's effed up dude i know
1: so we're gonna teach you how to communicate a little bit better uh and maybe i'll learn something too but i doubt it (laughs) because i am obstinate (laughs) i
0: am so thrilled because i gotta tell you do you know about this What's that? Our guest coming up later today, a uh-huh. good friend of mine by the name of Ben Tanzer.
1: <laughs> yeah, you recognize him every time you see him.
0: I see him at a, at a at a breakfast cafe, and I say, oh my god, there's my good friend Ben Tanzer. <laughs> Here's
1: a fun story for <laughs> listeners. We have Ben Tanzer coming on later, and we'll I talk already, to him I already other. said that. I know. And then, oh. this morning on the way to the studio, uh, Ryan and I decided to meet for breakfast, and I got a text. I was late, and I got a text message from Ryan who said, there's someone sitting at the table next to me. I think <laughs> I know him. Who is it? And I said, well... I don't know, because this is a text message with no photo. Poor communication. <laughs> <laughs> Poor communication. I said, why don't you go say hi? And Ryan said... Well, for, well no. You know, well, that's of course Obviously,
0: that's weird. And you don't say hi to people that you may or may not have seen once before in your life. Sure,
1: sure, of course. And then uh, when I got there, I found out that Ryan had been spending his entire morning while waiting for me at the restaurant googling every person he could think of to see if the person sitting at the table was that person and he was none of them and i walked in and it turns out it was ben Tanser who was coming on our show later to uh, talk about now, communication. now in
0: fairness so. in my defense <laughs> uh, i did meet ben Tanzer once in passing uh, we had a very brief uh but uh fantastic conversation um and
1: And it was so good that it really stuck with you. No, but if you you. recall,
0: I I did know that there was some sort of a... uh, He was a writer. I knew that. I could sense that because I started trying to look up uh, writing-related faculty and and that sort of thing and try to understand how I knew this guy. But I could not place how I knew this guy or his name. And then,
1: boom. You're such a... And I want to be clear. (laughs) It's not like you met him like a year ago. It was, what, a week and a half ago? Okay. It was more like a month, but that's fine. more like a week and a half okay okay so anyway ben tanz is coming on the show later yeah i, I hope you recognize to- him when he comes through the door you know what i probably will i'm thrilled to have him here he's a good friend
0: of mine and i cannot wait to talk to him Best about friends. communication
1: yeah i can't you guys i can't wait to see what you guys get each other for the holidays because you're such good friends i don't get
0: anyone anything for the holidays
1: you know i meaning to talk to you about that <laughs> this is a sidebar <laughs> conversation we're going to come back to it i uh, want more presents well if you communicated a little better well you'd never my problem Maybe I'm going to learn how today. Let's right. jump in. All right, let's jump on it. We're going to that we
0: spent fucking three minutes talking, talking about <laughs> or ten minutes talking about God knows what. Let's actually get to the show.
1: All right, now we're going to talk about communication, how to communicate better, how to communicate like a goddamn adult. Mm, yes. Now, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about communication because I know that uh, this is a struggle that I hear from a lot of my students. Actually, about sure. you know, I feel uncomfortable going to business meetings or to job interviews or even like sometimes talking face to face with their friends. Yeah. Um, And I thought, yeah, you know what? You know what? We should just solve that problem once and for all. We should save the world. That's what I thought. (laughs) Easy enough, right? Yeah. And so I thought that I would also do some research uh, for the podcast about challenges that millennials and people, you know, basically between the ages of like 18 and 35, have with with communicating. And so I found a couple articles about, you know, how to communicate with millennials. Oh. Yeah. Nice. And I got to tell you this. Yeah. I found two articles, one on X- Xero. I don't, know, I don't know what Xero is, but this is, I'll, I'll, I'll post a link so everyone can see it. You know. Sounds made up. It's Xero. And there's one on Inc.com, which is a you know a reputable business. I'm uh, familiar with them at and least. And they yeah. both talked about how to communicate with millennials. And I read these articles, and I thought to myself, you know what I thought to myself, Ryan? I don't know. I thought to myself, this is some fucking bullshit right here whoa, in these articles.
0: Whoa, whoa, <laughs> Inc.com oh, is bullshit? Can nine? you
1: believe it? Both of these articles that I was reading was all about how to communicate with millennials. A, millennials are not zoo animals. You don't, like, approach them quietly and observe them and try to figure out how best to communicate with them so that they don't attack the fucking glass. Been, I say them, but again, like I want to make a clear, Ryan and I are in this millennial group too, so I feel personally insulted by this. I've been doing this wrong all this time. That's how I thought you communicated with millennials. <laughs> oh, that's why you put those glass walls in your uh, classrooms and, you, took no and sense. you threw peanuts at them and said, I wonder if they'll eat that. Yeah, that's exactly what, uh, this makes a lot of sense. These articles, so these articles, I read these articles and they all give these advice and they say things like, listen, here's what millennials want. Millennials want to be understood. They want to share their ideas. They want to talk to people who are in high positions of power. They want these things. And that, I guess, is probably true. But is that exclusive to millennials? No. Everyone wants to be heard. Everyone's ideas want to be important. Everyone wants right. to talk to people in positions of power. Right.
0: That's called networking and, and learning and, and and and
1: growing as a person. Yeah. So that's some stupid bullshit. So right. I thought, well, the internet has failed me <laughs> for literally the first time ever. Oh, the right. internet has failed well. me. So I'll put these articles on up so you guys can all read and see um, what people who are not millennials think of millennials. And it's very frustrating. <laughs> And the, the, the thing that I took away from this, though, was that we all want the same things. Um, you know, yes, millennials want to speak to top level employees. Yes, they want to be heard. Yes, they want to share their ideas. But so do Gen Xers and so yeah. do baby boomers and so does, I think, probably almost every person who's ever existed. That, that seems right. So it's not what we want to say that's hard, but it may be how we're saying it or how we're communicating uh, and that's, I think, the, the kind of crux of this issue. And then I dug a little deeper and I found a, 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 some, somewhat of a better, more interesting article on Forbes. where They had done some actual research and were not talking about us and millennials as if we were all zoo animals. Right. Uh, and they said that there are two main struggles um, when it comes to communicating well. Uh, and the first one was face-to-face communication. They did a big study and they asked people who were in the millennial generation how do you like to communicate? And they asked that question a few different ways. And one of the ways was they said, what do you interact with most each day? And they gave like, you know, significant other family members and your smartphone. Mm. 39% of uh, people uh, surveyed say they interact with their phones the most, like more than people, right? 39%. And, that's a, a on its own. it's already a pretty big percentage. I it think. Sure is. Yeah. 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 Um, especially when you compare it with the fact that uh, the next that was the highest percentage who interacted with anything. The next highest was people who interacted with their significant others. Yeah. Twenty seven percent. So they interact with their significant others the most on a daily basis. Oof. Twelve more percent of people than that said they interact with their phones on a so.
0: Now let me let me be clear. I mean our, our when when and maybe you don't know this. I don't know if it was in the the I know
1: everything. Oh right,
0: my apologies. Um so when they say they're interacting with the smartphone, is that specifically talking about um them actually just being on their phone and looking at like the weather and tweets and things like that or is it referring to interacting with the smartphone as also texting their significant other or texting their friends or their parents I, or something well, like that? Well, this is one
1: thing maybe I don't know. That's a good okay. question.
0: Uh, that that would be my only thing is like you know if you're using your consider... smartphone to
1: interact with your significant other right it, will, you the stop, way it... will you stop fucking throwing monkey wrenches in the, <laughs> the way it reads to me
0: though is is that it's actually interacting with your smartphone in the sense that you're playing games or reading articles or or not interacting that's what I would with another assume, human because right. if
1: you're texting your significant other I, I would consider that's an interaction there you in go yeah. yeah okay just making sure so that was one uh and then i started th- was first i thought well that's fucking wild like why people are not interacting but then i thought i use my phone a lot yeah Way more than I should. Sure. And I started thinking. I don't think I use it more than I interact with my significant other, but it's probably not too far off. Right? No, it's because kinda... I I go to work. You know, right. and she doesn't come with me. Right. There, I go to work. So. There's
0: a commute involved, right? right? So you're 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 on the train or you're on the bus or whatever the case may be. Obviously, if you're driving, you probably are not looking at your phone. Hopefully. Yeah, um, right, but mm-hmm, I mean, please. but I mean, you know, for those of you in a big city that are that are taking um, public transportation, chances are you're you're interacting with your phone on a pretty regular basis. You get yeah. to work, you're probably mm-hmm. looking at it a bit throughout the course of the day. Sure, you're probably, zoning
1: out. You yeah, get a you get definitely. a task to do, and you're like, I don't want to do that. No, I'm gonna watch s- these hilarious videos instead. Yeah, why not? That's right? what I do. Yeah, I'm gonna play Crossy Road. I do that all the time, and then my students are like, "Are you supposed <laughs> to be teaching us?" And I say, "Shut up, I'm playing Crossy Road." <laughs> So that goes really well. My evaluations are going to be pretty good this semester. Oh um so that was the first one. So face-face communication not so great. Um and the second big struggle that Forbes found was uh, and I thought this one was very interesting that millennials are not good with confrontation. Hmm. Um and I I did a little more digging into that because I know you know as a millennial. Yeah. I don't that's I don't I don't like confrontation. I don't care for it.
0: Well no. But I mean again you know what I would say to that is I feel like we're we're sort of you know sticking this to millennials a little bit right does anyone really enjoy competition well, and my if you yeah. do yeah. what
1: the hell's wrong with you right exactly right like you've seen the movie Wall Street yeah. right Yeah. and it's like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross yeah. that kind of culture Yeah. It seems exhausting yeah
0: who'd want to live through that
1: no and so the so I did some more digging and I found what like okay so here's what we as millennials like it says they like recognition but not competition Okay. And here, here's what... So on the surface, I think, you know, you think you get this whole thing like, oh, everyone gets a participation trophy, right? Yeah, like, that's yeah. kind of that But then I started thinking about this deeper. Think about this, Ryan. Okay. If you could get recognition, but not have to compete for it, not have that confrontation for it, that sounds pretty good. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't think that in its face is a bad thing. Right.
0: Yeah. I uh, Maybe uh, my hope is that it's talking about the fact that, you know... While they are competing, right? Everyone is competing all the time. Whether you're playing soccer or whether you're, you know, trying to get into college or, or actually in college, yeah. um, you're, there's a competition going on, right? Whether you realize it or not. Um, but I, but I think you know the fact that you can be recognized for being in last place, for being the worst team possible sure and being rewarded in some way that, I, that is where i kind of draw the
1: line i'm yeah, like wait yeah, a no. minute you Look, don't i'm with you on that, that trophy
0: right i mean like you know next time maybe do a little better sure
1: <laughs> right? i you mean wanna... right hey but i think there's something to be said for being recognized as being the worst okay <laughs> how about that <laughs> <laughs> it seems like maybe my thought is that confrontation maybe one of the reasons that we don't like confrontation is because we tend to when we do deal with it it's through screens, right? It's through these like social networks and these platforms, and I do this all the time. I get yeah. so worked up. <sighs> you sure do about like stupid political things that are very important. They're, they're not stupid because they're not. They're very important, but the comments made about them are so stupid. And I right. think this is such a stupid thing to say about oh, something very important. And I fire things off. Yeah. that's not a great way to handle <laughs> confrontation. No, because uh- it's not. It's not like I don't. know, It's not communication, really. right? And,
0: and but and that's the thing too is I don't know that that um uh, and maybe we can talk to Ben a little bit more about this when he gets here. Uh, I don't I don't know that social media needs to necessarily be about communication, right? Because you could post your opinion yeah. on Facebook about this political situation, right? Um, and you don't need comments, right? This is about you getting your voice out there being heard. Yeah, you but don't necessarily about, need to be. I don't, know. I don't agree
1: with that because the com- comments are about the recognition. And well, you, you, like at you like that. You to the... you sure. get your likes. You get your likes, buddy. True. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I think that, but we always build up these social networks as places of great debate. And here are places where you can go and have these back and forths. You can. Happen. Sure. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's working.
0: Oh, it's not. It feels very broken. No, it's never going to work. But yeah. but what I would argue though is is does that even work in person, right? So if it weren't, uh, you know, on social media, right? If we weren't talking about um, um, Facebook or whatever the case may be, um, these same conversations could be taking place in person.
1: And the holidays are coming, may very well take place in person. But this is kind of feeds my point too. So. If they do... Oh, boy. Oh, oh, <laughs> these conversations will take place in person. It's hard sometimes to have conversations. and But we need to be training ourselves to have those conversations. And we're not doing it by yelling at each other on Facebook, right. I think. Oh, no, that's fair. Right? Yeah. Yelling um, at each other over Thanksgiving dinner or over Christmas dinner. Right. There are better ways or whatever to holiday handle it. Maybe, like. not, maybe not yelling it over Oh, dinners. is. I don't oh. know. Maybe it's fine. Maybe that's your family's <laughs> thing. I don't know. I don't want to step on your family's thing. But... Um, and I think that gets to the point of why, why we thought this was a good conversation to have, because we need to figure out how to communicate with other people, because there's a lot of there are a lot of instances in life where we need to do that. Right. A. Politics. Yeah. Let's just put that out there. Right. B. Job interviews. C. Yeah. Business meetings, like Ugh. all these things where you have yeah. to be able to communicate with people. So uh, and it's hard to do that for a lot of reasons. Two of them that Forbes points out are face to face communication. Is less important now and therefore maybe harder for us. Um, we're not good with confrontation, again, because we don't really have to confront people in a one-to-one way anymore. Yeah. Um, some additional things that I thought up on my own brain, mm. so they're probably even more right. To be determined. Is that... Um, oh, wait, I found this one online, too. Sorry. <laughs> this is someone else's brain. But millennials, they say, will speak up about what they need in the workplace right. if they're asked. So the first part of that... They'll speak up about what they need in the workplace. That's great. And we should. Like, that's good communication. If yeah. I need something to do my job, right. I should ask for it. Right. But that last part is super important if they're asked. Yeah. And so sitting around waiting for someone to come and ask you what you need. I mean, yes. Should your managers be asking you what you need? Of course. That's part of their communication. Sure. But... You can't just sit back and wait for someone to ask you. No, by no means. No. And this is
0: where I feel like I, I differ, right? I mean, obviously, we are we are sort of on the, the older side of, of millennials. I don't want to say that. But I mean, it's the I truth. Mean we're, it's we're, the all, we're about as old as you can get as millennials. <laughs> Correct. Um, I have no problem asking for what I need. That, that's the thing. And I don't need to be asked. I will tell you what i need that's not that's not a problem so you know there as i'm looking through sort of the list and and it, like i i i relate to some of this and then some of it i'm just like I, I can't quite get it and maybe that's part of the sort of the younger generation of the it could the be because i have a theory about this yeah and it is a theory i
1: just made up right but it seems real oh it's legit then definitely <laughs> legit so but i think i think it has some legs i mean let me let me throw this at the wall and see if it sticks all right all right i think that maybe millennials don't ask questions because perhaps they're so used to being able to look everything up online instantly. And so Mm -hmm. if they don't understand, if I like, so for myself, if I don't understand something. It's easy for me to not ask because it's easy for me to just fucking Google it. Yeah. Right. No, that's true. And so if I don't understand something or if I need something different, maybe I know that I have the resources to find a way to do that thing on my own. I can ask if I need to fix my, toilet at home i can yeah. youtube videos about how to do it right yeah. i don't need to ask someone i can just do it on my own yeah um i think there may be this culture of i don't need to ask because i can just google it and i think that might feed into it and that's my no, theory no and that's fair yeah. no i don't i don't think that's wrong i don't think it's yeah. i mean and again I think think clayton also... smith tw- 2017 don't no, that's mine <laughs> and no one steal it. i'm gonna write a very important scientific paper on it and i'm gonna get a promotion <laughs> well, yeah okay. no no one else take it yeah okay
0: um i mean i, I don't disagree with that i guess um i mean it depends on the situation like I, I am not the kind of person to ask a lot of questions at like meetings right where you're in a business oh, you're meeting very quiet i meetings. tend to be which is you int- say
1: basically nothing in very meetings. little
0: yeah and it's interesting to people who know me because they're like what, what the hell's wrong with you why are you not saying you have it? a lot don't of know. opinions why don't oh you yeah share right um but i don't necessarily have questions in in meetings because i feel like you know what I can just save all of us a lot of time, and I'll go figure this out on my own, right? I don't yeah. need to spend all this extra time. First of all, I hate meetings, and I'm going gonna—I'm making the assumption, I guess, that everyone also does hate meetings. Um I love so, meetings. No, These you don't. No, you don't. I like to schedule them sometimes, just yeah. so I have a meeting to go to. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my thought is, yeah, exactly that. I, I can go figure this out on my own. I don't need to ask it in this moment and take up another five minutes of everyone's time. So why don't I just go That's look funny it funny because
1: you just told us you have no problem asking for what you need in the workplace. I don't
0: have a problem asking for what I need in the workplace um, when I don't feel like I'm, I'm putting out an entire population of people, right? This is what
1: it looks like to backpedal no, folks. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> I, I'm happy to go to my, to my supervisor or to a manager and say, hey, you know what? I really need this if I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. That's not a problem. Um, but if it's in sort of a, a, um, a group setting and there's a big topic going on and somebody says something I don't fully understand, I'm like I can I just go figure this out. Like it's not I don't need to stop everything that's going on so that you can clarify for me. Not a problem. I'll right. figure it out, friends.
1: All right, right. But you could just ask. I could, right? And and I we all, could. but I don't. We all could, we yeah. Don't. Of course, yeah. And maybe it's worth asking sometimes. No, I get it. You know? yeah. Maybe it's time for you to grow as a person, Ryan. Eh, I don't think that's... Nah, I'm good. You know yeah. what? I feel pretty good. It sounds very on brand for you. All <laughs> right. Uh, th- one of the other big things I found, that, which I thought was very interesting, was millennials like relaxed, friendlier, more familiar tones. Mm. And again, I'm thinking, who doesn't? Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> what sort of monsters really like <laughs> confrontation? Right. And I can think of a few, and guess what? <laughs> They're monsters. <laughs> so we all do. But um, there's was this. Idea, there's been this idea throughout you know, corporate history that you got to work hard, you got to compete, you got to claw your way to the top and right. um it's so weird if you think about it because from a sociological perspective most people I think don't like doing that right so no. why can't we be more collaborative and more friendly and more uh you know constructive criticism right. rather than dickhead criticism yeah like, no i don't think I- dickhead criticism Copyright Clayton Smith, 2017. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anyone wants to have to to
0: sort of step on someone else or put someone else down uh, so that they get ahead, right? I don't. Right.
1: I, I mean, I don't think we're living in that that world well, and we anymore. We shouldn't right? be expected to, right? So all these things about here's millennials don't communicate well because of this, like, no, millennials maybe mm-hmm. their motives are maybe even better than any, or at least more I don't know more obvious and more in the spotlight, right? And more pure and blunt than anyone else's motives, like they're just. Able to say, look, here's what we don't like. Why are we doing this? And that's a really great point. Why are we being so competitive? Why are we being so confrontational? We don't have to do that. What's the point of this? Right. So I get it 100%. Um, one of the things I thought about this whole idea of millennials liking relaxed, friendlier conversation is, uh, I uh, it seems like according to some sources that's why emoji use is so popular. And hmm. I think that's fascinating. Because like, you know, emojis of course are everywhere. They have their own stupid dumb movie now Ugh. which i i did not see because i do not have any children but i hear it's just abysmally bad <laughs> um but you but their emojis are so popular and they are just you know they're relaxed and they're fun and they're light and breezy but you know they can be you i've you know we've all i think seen emojis used in some very uh next level ways oh very, definitely yeah eggplant putting people on blast or or pe- put people on sex <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. That's great. Uh, so peach emoji, and I think, <laughs> and I think that's—I don't know—in a lot of ways, it's valid. I mean, you don't think of emojis as being appropriate in business, uh, in the business world? No, by so, no means. By no means, and maybe we shouldn't still. But the idea behind why they're being used, I think, is really important and worth considering. Right. So it just seems like these communication "quote unquote" problems are really just differences in how we prefer to communicate and how and why we communicate not right. what we want to communicate but how we do it and why we do it
0: right and i think i mean when you're talking about text messaging or email and things like that um uh tone is very easily lost right i mean nobody knows i've sent plenty of emails to coworkers um not necessarily in recent years but in in previous years Um, that nearly turned into some sort of a confrontation because they didn't fully understand what it was that I was saying or they took it in some certain way. So I feel like at that point, you know, an emoji... <laughs> it's weird for me to say it, but I mean, I feel like it helps sort of set the tone for what you're saying, right? Yeah. It, it provides a little bit of additional context of, oh, this is a joke. Oh, I'm being sarcastic. Oh, I'm being cute. Oh, I'm being serious, and like what I'm saying is not meant to be an insult. It's actually meant to be positive, and there's a smiley face. Yeah, you know, I, I think it,
1: you know, I don't know. I feel like maybe it, it might be worth exploring, not here right now, but <clears throat> in general. We don't have time. <laughs> we are running out of time. It might be worth exploring why emojis aren't accepted in business communications right it's this idea that it's not proper right but why isn't it and i don't i don't disagree or agree with that statement but it's worth exploring i think because again you're right like that could save a lot of misunderstandings in you know quote unquote professional surroundings sure if we can put these emojis in there yeah um so there's a lot of miscommunication that goes on in the world but unlike most people who will talk about it i don't think it's about the messaging or what millennials want that's different i just think that There's a misunderstanding among generations, you know, and if we can bridge some gap because, yeah, are there times when we should be more formal? Yes, of course. Right. Right. Depends on who you're talking to and what they expect. And we shouldn't always think that just because millennials are talked down to a lot and they are right. That's not fair. But also, let's also be proactive in bridging the gap toward older generations. Right. So, you know, kind of work on them. They can work on us and we'll find some way to communicate That makes sense. No, that's a fair point, yeah. All this to say, I don't know what the solution is. You know who might know, though? Who's that? Ben Tanzer. My good friend, Ben Tanzer. You're a very good friend who you always recognize right away, Ben Tanzer. Especially at uh, breakfast. Should we bring him in here? I think so. All right, we're going to take a break for a second. When we come back, we're going to have Ben Tanzer, and we're going to see if he can help us figure out the problem of how do we communicate better. Ugh.
0: Go with what works, you know? What works, Ryan? Selling stuff on the internet. Like what? like media empire media related merchandise obviously what's your favorite piece of merchandise in the store right now i am a big big fan of the everything is ghost mug i like the shirt it's a good shirt Mm -hmm. i would say yes to the shirt but i'm a big fan of the mug you know why like drinking stuff
1: (gasps) that's true and it's
0: like i like to be able to think to myself as i'm drinking it you know what everything in this mug right now is ghosts
1: that's true and it's really hard to drink things out of a shirt because you have to soak the shirt in it and then you have to wring it out over your mouth it's kind of gross it's pretty gross mm. all right you know what i'm in i'm in the mug find the everything is ghost mug on the media empire media shop at mediaempiremedia.com backslash shop coming soon black friday sale is that is
0: that true 75 nope, percent.
1: <laughs> nope 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 <laughs> this nope cut that this word is over And we're back. And we, today in the studio, we have a very special guest. His name is Ben Tanzer. Ben, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Oh, I'm honored to be here. I'm supposed to talk now, right? Yeah, yeah. Talking. Okay, it's your turn. I wasn't sure if that was an actual cue and, you know, the whole <laughs> communication thing. <But> yeah, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh. <laughs>
1: um, ben is uh, among many things. Ben has many, a very varied background, and he's very skilled at many things. Um, the reason I know him is because of his work as an author. He's written, uh, how many books have you written now, Ben? Published? 87?
0: Maybe 7 87? 87 right? that sounds <laughs> <No>. about right <laughs> maybe 787
1: be cool uh, the New York stories um, what else? lost, in, lost space. in space is such a good essay collection mm. orphans orphans so you write fiction you write nonfiction but you also teach uh, and you're also just observing you out in the wild you are just so good at connecting with people um, and you know some people think that uh, small talk is hard and you make small talk look like real talk. And so I want to bring you in to ask you about um, how we can all communicate better. So then, what are some challenges that you see with communication in general? What do people do when they try to communicate with other people that maybe isn't terribly well received?
2: There's probably a couple things I think about and also, you know, in my former and current life, I also have played active roles, facilitating meetings, strategic planning, and I think a lot of the rules that apply to facilitation also apply even to casual conversation. You know, most of us are poor at active listening. I think we talk about communication and we think immediately about how do we be better verbally? Um, but really, one of the questions is how do we be better listeners, right? Can you slow down and listen to what the person's saying? Can you actually not try to jump ahead and think of the next thing you want to say to them? Mm-hmm. Can you clarify what they're saying so you think you understand it? Can you make eye contact? You know, all these sort of very low-level rules that I think enhance communication as far as you being an active partner in it.
1: Do you think that so? I know listening is always a big piece of advice that people I've given. I guess since the year 304 <laughs> yeah, about how to be a better communicator, right? Um, do you think that digital platforms digital media platforms, have made it harder for us to listen, to practice eye contact, to do all those things? Can I think about a lot of the conversations I see happening on places like Facebook or Twitter. They do exactly. They seem to do exactly what you're saying we shouldn't do, which is to hmm. respond without thinking without listening, without hearing, to kind of say your response or ask your next, next question without really hearing what the other person is saying. Do you think digital platforms are part of the problem or do you think that it's just us and the way we've kind of used digital platforms to do what we won't do anyway? <laughs>
2: you know, I wish I had some science behind this because I'm always interested in what the science tells us. I think it's probably convenient to blame digital platforms. It's just the newest thing that gets in the way. You know, To me, the larger problem with digital platforms, but it extends to email and text, is that, one, you can respond very quickly. So from a, a communicating as an adult perspective, I would always encourage people, don't send something immediately. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a break. Read it again. Maybe don't send it at all. Maybe it's enough to write a response. That would be part one. But you know, I think one of the bigger things, and I know I've run into this less than I used to, is that there's no nuance, right? And so... You can't, people aren't always sure if you're deadpan. That's something I can run into, though I'm a good communicator at parties, Hmm. you know, in a text or on Facebook, not quite as clear. Or maybe you think you're saying something funny. So part of your challenge is to ask yourself, is there any, you know, context for that? You know, one example I'm thinking of, this is years ago. This is when people were first really emailing. This is how old I am. Hmm. But I sent a message to a coworker I didn't know that well. And I said, hey, this is my follow-up. And I haven't heard from you all day. This is my follow-up email. And I meant that purely as, hey, I'm checking in, now there's email. And I, but I did the I did the F backslash U follow up and this guy who had a very short temper which I don't <laughs> stormed into my office but looked uncomfortable. Not he was angry but uncomfortable and he said are we allowed to swear in this podcast? Oh yeah. Oh, we have the explicit tag. He's yeah. like, he's like, dude, you're telling me to fuck off because I didn't get back to you already. <laughs> I said, oh God, no, no, I meant I'm following up. I was just, ab- <laughs> and this is before people started abbreviating so much. That's another thing I think with social media platforms, and I'm not a fan, which makes me very stodgy, if that's the right word. I don't want you to send me your abbreviations. I don't want you to send me your emojis. If we have to text, send a message. But one thing I always talk about too is, even especially at work, if the text is going on too long, it's time to make a phone call. I mean, right. at some point, get off of those forms of communication. That's where they're a problem, because then you can't have a real conversation. You still use your phone to make phone calls? All the time.
1: Do you? Do you Ryan? Do you still? Uh,
0: it depends on the on, on the party, right? I mean, it depends on who I'm talking to. I if I'm talking so, to my mother, um, chances yeah. are it's going to be over the phone. I mean, I'll occasionally send a text, but she can't deal with that for very long. Um, so yeah. it's going to be it'll be a phone call. But if it's um, between friends and things like that, no, it's always it's always text. I it's can't good, remember. Yeah, the, I, I can't remember the last time I talked to you on the phone. Other than when you call my office to bother me, well, I do that sometimes. But that's just for hilarious. <laughs> and that's hilarious
1: every time. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, and I can't imagine how many times I probably have done them. Less, fewer than five, for sure. I would say that's right? probably fair. Yeah, um, I yeah. almost never use my phone to make a phone call to the point where now it used to be like if uh, I got a phone call from a number that I didn't recognize, if it's like eight hundred number, don't answer it, right? Oh yeah. But if it's any other number, I'm like, you know, I'll answer it now. Anytime anyone calls my phone number from any phone number, it is automatically suspicious because I do not talk to people on the phone. And I, it goes to voicemail. And I miss a lot of great phone calls that way. So I think this, I don't know, it's, you're right, I guess. But this that, also raises you know, this interesting question, which
2: is the more negative side, even though I think it's easy to use these things as excuses. Not that we are doing this. But that with more forms of communication and more things coming at you from more angles and more people you don't know having access to you, you do become more defensive. And so that is another part of adult communication that's very difficult, which is, you know, you're automatically more defensive because you probably are getting calls you don't want. On the flip side, one thing I always say to people at work, certainly less so in my home or among friends, would be, you know, better to answer the phone and just deal with whatever it is straight on and better not, now I'm not saying it to you, but you know, better not to avoid the phone calls or the emails. Like, no, I see what take care all right,
1: of it. Right. It's, a, it's a very direct slight toward me. Go on. <laughs> right.
2: It wasn't intended, but it was, I appreciate you setting that up. <laughs>
1: um, I think that's a great point uh, that being on the defensive because again, with a lot of the communications, what happens on social media and Facebook and things, yeah. for me at least, it falls into kind of two categories, right? You're either in your echo chamber with people who agree with you or you are just battling opinions with people who very much exist outside of your echo chamber and in their own. And that is, you know, it feel, it, you're right, it feels like we're very much on the defensive a lot. Never thought of it that way. Yeah,
0: but is that is that different than than everyday life? I mean, I, and I, I'm coming at this more from sort of a, a relationship standpoint, right? So, I mean, I can have a conversation with you or with Clayton or with anybody else or coworkers or friends or anything like that. Um, and even if it gets a little bit heated, I don't feel like I'm getting I would get necessarily. I, I feel a little bit of you know de- defense, but I don't feel like I'm 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 all out like it would on social media, but. You know, it's different to me. Also, when you're in a relationship, right? When you're you're with a significant other, I think for me personally, I can't speak to everyone else, but I feel like I become way more defensive when I'm I'm in a heated conversation with uh, with a partner. Um, is that normal? I mean, is that oh,
2: well? The question is, is it healthy? It's definitely right. normal, right? <laughs> but I think there's two parts of that to unpack. You know, from the beginning, I was a very early adopter of social media. Yeah, I always saw it primarily as a marketing platform. Right. Whether you were marketing a book, your own personal, whatever, your own personal brand, that always sounds terrible, uh, whether you were taking a political position. So I think it's important, too, to not look at Facebook or Twitter as communication, right? right? It's not a conversation. It's a kind of conversation, but it's not what we're talking about. It's a way to put out something you think is important. You may or may not get a response. You may or may not get an angry response, right? But that's still, I would like to believe, and not in an old-fashioned way, is different than right than you and your significant other or me and my significant other. And yes, I get way more defensive. But of course, your significant other's even when it's a healthy relationship, know your weaknesses, and you want to be a better version, ideally, for them. I mean, I don't care if I'm a better version on Facebook. You know, not really, though I am crafting a narrative all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, with your partner, you're trying not to do those things, hence you're more exposed and
1: you're more raw. I like what you said about Facebook not being conversations. And I think we should talk about that a little bit because I never. I guess I never really thought of it that way. Um, it's not a conversation platform. It's a more of a commenting platform. Platform, and I think you're right. Um, But aren't we? Don't we treat it like a conversational platform? And maybe for people who are currently, you know, especially digital natives for sure, and people who are millennials and Gen Z, um, isn't it presented to them as a conversational platform? I know they're not using Facebook very much, but all social media, (laughs) right? Um, Instagram and Messenger apps and Snapchat, like these are the things. These are the ways that we are telling them as a society to communicate, but. If it's not a communications platform, I guess a few questions are wrapped up in that. I mean, one, what's the harm, and uh, which I think there is some harm, like what? how is that impacting real communications negatively? And then two, should we not be promoting these things as communications tools or should we be expecting more of the usage of these tools?
2: I think they were, I, originally, I could be incorrect, and still in a way, and I hate to use this reference to a movie, but I think they were presented as social networks, which they are, which is you make, and I would do air quotes, but that'd be really embarrassing. Um, (laughs) They are presented as a way to make some kind of connection. Uh, That's not the same as as a place for dialogue or conversation. Now, I do think it's gotten worse. On the other hand, I have a 15-year-old. He would never go on Facebook. By the time we gave him permission, he's like, now it's dead to me. <laughs> um, on the other hand, he uses Instagram and Snapchat endlessly to communicate. Mm-hmm. But even then, don't forget, there's a difference, right? Facebook Messenger is a communication tool for dialogue. The rest of it is the post stuff. Uh,
0: if I can go back for a second. Um, you said something earlier that I thought was interesting and, and I'm looking for a little bit of advice here as well. Um, you said something about uh, you know slowing down and, and listening and, and sort of that sort of thing. Um, and, and I'm thinking back to um workplace type things, right? And, and um, we do a lot with um, meeting people for the first time and, and and sort of trying to to remember certain things about them and what they're interested in and that sort of thing. Um, and I find myself as I'm kind of doing introductions maybe in a class or in a, at a presentation or something like that and getting to know the the, the other uh, people in the room, um, I am always thinking about, okay, I don't forget to say that, don't forget to say this, make sure you go on to that next. And by the time it's all said and done, I cannot remember for the life of me, one, their name or, or anything about them. You know, maybe I
1: catch a couple things here and there. Yeah, and students love that when yeah. you remember it absolutely is, nothing and about it them. It's hard, right? Because <laughs> hard. you're yeah. always sort of moving on. 25 to the... students in there, and yeah. you're always, but yeah, you're right. You're focusing on something else, so you
2: don't really register what's happening.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't, I don't feel like I'm in it all the time. And, and uh, any ideas or, or concepts or anything that uh, can help with that?
2: A couple of things, one of which something I practice, one of which something I should practice, that another professor shared with me. You know, one thing that's great is the first time you meet people is to sketch out on the paper in front of you where they're sitting, what their name is, and a couple of quick associations. And then you can refer to it during class. So don't count on your brain to retain stuff. Count on your ability to slow it down and say, hey, I'm just taking a couple of quick notes. And so I learned that very early on running meetings where they'd say, as a facilitator, map out everybody at the table, make sure you have their name down, so forth. I think as a professor... Well, I think this is okay at parties and we're gonna get into I think a big thing about c- communication which is how embarrassed we get when we shouldn't yeah, Sure, right one professor once said to me every time you meet a new student the first couple times you meet them make them repeat their name anyway right and then you say it to them two or three times in a row it's like if I met you Clayton I'd be like remind me of your name and you'd say Clayton I'd say Clayton 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 so you say it out loud you start training your brain a lot of this is about training but I really do think part of it is not being embarrassed. Like, right. I sort of try to self-deprecate the first couple of classes, and I say, yeah. there just isn't a chance in hell I'm going to remember Hall. You're all a bunch of faces to me right mm-hmm. now. Right. But if you'll bear with me, I will get better. Right. And I treat it as an open communication. And I tell them to please correct me.
1: Right. And I think this ties into the idea of active listening. We think of listening as hearing, but I think active listening is it's hearing, it's registering, it's making mental connections and mental notes, and it's giving feedback and getting right. that back, right? So I'm listening to you by asking you to clarify or asking for repetition. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to keep that in mind when we're talking about listening. It's super important. Yeah.
2: I'll, I mean, I will say all the time, I want to make sure I heard that correctly. You know, just repeat that again. Don't mean to embarrass you. I'm not catching it. Or here's how, and as I always do at meetings, which is, I heard you say the following. This is your chance to correct me and correct the room if we need to.
1: And this is a good thing, mm-hmm. I, one of the reasons I thought you'd be a good person to talk to about this is because of exactly this so you are so good at saying that sort of thing I'm sorry I didn't get that or what do you mean what you know you're always you seem fearless to me when it comes to asking for more understanding and I always feel very uncomfortable asking for more and I don't know why that is because I yeah. want to know more or want a clarification I always feel kind of silly asking for more I feel embarrassed um, but the key to communication is to not feel to so if you don't understand something Do the work to understand it. So what do how do you break that wall? How did you get so good at saying, I don't (laughs) know what you're talking about? Give us all your secrets right now.
2: Well, you know, some of it, which is an interesting conversation for anyone, though probably more personal, is you know, I was raised, one of my parents was a therapist. And Mm. so she's a great active listener. So, mom, if you're listening, but also (laughs) she always asked for that. So I had a model, right? I had a model on that. But the second thing, which is you know, which is then speaking to embarrassment. You know, I am, and Clayton, you probably know this. Uh, some piece of it, you know, like I'm super fanboy. Mm-hmm. So I really am interested in everyone I meet. I really am interested. In, I love hearing what people do for work. I like to hear about how they got there. And so I used to tamp that down long before I knew you because I was embarrassed to be so fanboy. And I do get excited when I meet new people. Um, and to me, most people do really, I find most things people do to be interesting on some level. So maybe 10 years ago, I thought, maybe stop being embarrassed about that. And so it still can feel like a strain, like, oh, I'm I'm embarrassed to say this out loud. But I will say, which is super dad-like, so I apologize, (laughs) then I do that and people appreciate it. You know, one of the good rules which may help you get over that hurdle is, and one thing I've learned, is not only do most people want to get heard, and don't think they are heard. So that's a good rule to remember. People actually appreciate you asking, Mm. but people, which is less positive, but still fine, people like to talk about themselves. So you're doing them a favor when you say, could you just tell me a little more about that? Most people don't feel heard. So part of that active listening is saying, look, I really care and I'm paying attention. I'm not taking out my phone. It's like, you'll notice, like I had to plug my phone in, but I would have put it in my pocket while we were talking. I never have my phone out if I can help it when I'm in an actual conversation.
1: Ryan, you're taking notes over there. Do you have more questions?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm bouncing around, though. Sorry, I'm like I'm not not sticking with with one. Well, specific I hope I'm area. not bouncing around. No, you're most. doing great. Um, but I wanted to go back to the to the conversation on um, on sort of online communication and that sort of thing, right? So, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we probably... I think you're wrong,
1: probably.
0: Sh- sh- that seems impossible. I barely know you. <laughs> there it <laughs> is. He knows what's going on. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'm I, <the> I, guest. <laughs> We're
0: probably around the same age, so we probably started uh, using some sort of internet-focused communication tool around the same hey. time, right? I would assume you were probably 12 or 13 or 14 or something like that, right? In MySpace and, yeah, so and we're talking about. And yeah, a messenger and sure. that sort of thing right yeah. yeah yeah, okay um so um and we kind of touched on it a little bit already but i mean do do you think that 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 sort of um new way of communicating or poorly communicating or whatever the case may be um has impacted our generation the sort of millennials uh younger millennials and that sort of thing um in any kind of negative way um in terms of how they communicate because i can say i mean so much of what i did sort of growing up through my teen years, was either in person, which is great, um, but a lot of it was through online communication. Um, And I wonder if that's prevented me from from being as good as I could be.
2: My feeling about this is that these forms of communication, these platforms play to our worst attributes, right? Mm. Which I don't even mean as negative as it sounds or as a criticism. If we, whoever we are individually, whoever one is, has certain shame or discomfort or introverted. And it's important to recognize that introversion is a real thing, but not just a real thing. It needs to be. But also that, you know... It needs to, that person needs to manage it and support it and you need to create a safe atmosphere for them. I mean, I'm talking more as a professor in this situation, but, you know... Well, Ryan's learning a lot right yeah, now. Yeah, but, Clayton, <laughs> I need it to be safe. <laughs> but, you know, but it plays to our worst traits, right? Like, yeah. if our feeling is I'd rather not leave the house right now yeah. or I'd rather not directly confront someone, then you can send a tweet. Yeah. I think those on the whole, not in every situation, are potentially negative, right? You do need, I think, to be out in the world in some form. So I think for our generation, it allows us to play to our worst traits. We need to fight it. I think for our children, or maybe my children, you know, that's their first form of communication. And I think what it potentially does is it undermines their ability to be the sort of uh, most, the best version of who they might be, right? If they don't have to leave their bed at all, if they don't have to leave the house at all, I don't know that that supports, you know, a sort of healthy growth and development. Now, what's tricky, of course, is that, you know, these kids feel like they live in a less safe world. Right. So I don't know. I'm making I'm completely speculating this. I mean, we are post Mm 9-11. Right. I would say before 9-11, on some levels, parents and individuals felt much safer and much freer. You know, I know my older nephews actually don't feel as safe in the world as we did. Now there's probably a million things about that, but I also think they're New Yorkers and they're of an age. And so for them, I assume Texting from the safety of your room or getting on Facebook feels safer. And so I think we also want to recognize that there's a safety component to this.
1: That's probably true. All right.
0: So uh, you referenced the the idea of introverts, right? So I, something I can relate to, certainly. Um, again, looking for maybe a little bit of advice or, or ideas here because, you know, as someone who um, becomes Exhausted at times by conversation, uh, particularly particularly when we're talking about like small talk and things like that. Um, but even in in bigger social situations, um, you know, a few hours and I'm pretty much ready for the door. Um, how you, do you get real bad at stuff after a
1: while. <laughs> I'm
0: great at everything. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, I mean, how do you how do people deal with that? I mean, again, I don't I don't know your background when it comes to this type of uh, situation. But um, what's what's the best way to to sort of stay in the moment? um uh, as an introvert uh you know without sort of uh, um completely kind of uh dying off as i so often do
2: well you know i would flip it more to the positive mm. which is the dying off part that we could reframe that right doesn't sure. have to be a negative i think it's sure. recognizing what your parameters are right which is i'm good for an hour and right. so what i would ask you or challenge you to do is say how can I use my hour best? Because I don't have it for three or four hours. I'm going to have to wind down right. and treat it as that part of the day. You know, I would ask myself, if I only have an hour at this party, who do I want to talk to? Who right. do I want to meet? What am I hoping, and I don't mean to be quite so scientific, but what do I want to accomplish? And sure. Give yourself the break of saying, I don't have more than that. You know, I think it's unfortunate that it's always framed, not that you're doing this, but you know when I read about it, as it's only a negative. I mean, it's right. what it is. So how do you, you know, my question for anybody is, What's the best way to make the system and maybe you're the system work to the best of your advantage? And if it's breaking or broken, how do you address that? Nice. You know, I wouldn't treat it as so negative. You need to refuel. That's all. So, how do you do it?
1: So, I have another big question for you. Um, another one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is because, uh, A, I think, you know, not just because you're here, am I saying this, but you're one of my favorite writers. <laughs> uh, you are just here we go. super talented. Um, and I think, unlike almost anyone else I've ever read, you have this amazing ability to write both fiction and nonfiction in such real ways, right? And you know, people usually specialize one or the other, but you bridge that gap so well. And so there's that aspect, and then also your um the your this blog will change your life empire that you run. You have you communicate with other people, which ties into your interest in what other people are doing on so many different platforms. You have the blog, the podcast, you have all these things. So, do you think as a writer, as someone who generates a lot of content digitally, but also on paper, uh, long form with your books, do you think that we now are missing something when we're teaching high school and college students because we don't we don't really tend to ask them to write long form so much anymore, right? And I don't I think it's safe to say people don't write long form really in their day to day lives almost ever. It's all texting, it's short emails, it's comments on social platforms, it's all these things. My thought is I have a theory that if you write long form, and whether it's you know long form communication in a business setting or if it's a novel or whatever, just taking time to write things down, maybe that gives your brain a chance to kind of practice organizing thoughts and practice getting you better at communication. Do you have any thoughts on that since you live in kind of both those worlds of digital content and long form content?
2: I think it's really smart. I think whether it's blogging or long form, I mean, everything I write that's intended for publication, and I don't consider the blogging publication, right? Um, I think what's good about it, to your point, and I think you're right on, is it forces you to slow down and breathe. I mean, editing to me, in fact, is the most profound element of writing, which is you go back and you look at your thoughts and you reconstruct words, which I think is a big part of communication. I mean, I don't know if I'm doing it here, I hope I am. I try to pause before I talk, even if it's just a breath. How do I want to say that? What's the meaning? Is that the right word? And so with writing, of course, you get to stretch that out. So I never consciously started writing because I wanted, because I was interested in communication. But certainly, to your point, as a practice, I think it's invaluable. Because what's really, to me, invaluable, and it gets to your question about being extroverted, it gets to questions about teenagers. I mean, it answers a lot of things. How do we slow down during the day? You know, the larger question about social media is that it's made everybody pick up the pace. And Mm. I always think, how do we slow the pace? Writing is one way to do that. Um, I encourage journaling for anyone you know, at a minimum, and it doesn't have to be smart, doesn't have to be interesting, but it doesn't have to be a diary either. It's what's going on right now in my head. Can I try to put that on paper? Can I slow it down? Then if it's important to you, you can go back, you can edit it, you can think about it. So I think there's a lot of value. I do that with Facebook and Twitter. I never post something the second I think about it. I wait an hour, even if I feel like I'm gonna lose my opportunity to have a, make a good point, I'd rather it be delayed and be part of the history of my sort of rants and musings. (laughs) Uh, Again, I'd rather not delete if I don't have to, which is silly because nobody cares and I'm not the president or even a comedian or anyone who has any social value. But I think I want to say it right and then we'll see what the reaction is.
1: All right, Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything you want to plug while you're here? Any projects you're working Uh, on?
2: You know, I love people to come to this podcast will change your life, which as you pointed out is part of the larger this blog will change your life lifestyle empire clayton is a former guest on the podcast as well as a former contributor to the zine we run off of that site that site is at changeyourlifethiswill.com
1: changeyourlifethiswill.com nice. I know I couldn't get what Love I wanted it exactly and it, so you know, it was funny because
2: I decided to get away purely from the blog model to the website model but please come please send messages please contribute you know and we're, it's
1: such a good, you have the blog you have the zine you have the podcast what else do you have?
2: Is that, uh, we review books book review and they're really riffs and um, <laughs> lately we're building these and I say we but it's only me um, I always try to treat it like a fake corporation <laughs> we're doing handbooks <laughs> these handbooks will change your life nice. so one is out in the world One is coming.
1: Great, beautiful. All right, and if you're in Chicago, Ben is involved in a lot of literature readings. Find him, listen to him, check out his books on Amazon or your local bookstore. So talented, you will not be disappointed. Thanks again for coming. Thanks so much,
2: man. You guys are very generous. I appreciate the time and the kind words.
1: Ryan, have you ever had a rum and coke? Oh, man, totally. I got to tell you, I went to college. <laughs> so I've had rum and coke. <laughs> what do you think about the rum and coke?
0: Uh, you know, it's fine. It's a it's a solid drink. You know, a little captain, in, a little, little coke. It's okay. It's yeah. pretty gross, though. Okay.
1: <laughs> I just thought it was fine, but that fine. gross is also fine. It's pretty gross. Okay. Or fine. Yeah. You know what? Hmm. Guess what? What, dude? This week on Drinking Lessons... We uh, introduced Steven Luna to Rum and Coke. Great. But we did it in an interesting way. We gave him like the traditional Rum and Coke, which yeah. is the college cheap version, which is terrible. But we also introduced him to the very, very swanky-ass version of a Rum and Coke that is made by the Blacktail Cocktail Bar in New York City. They use, ready for this? Yeah. Rum. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh. Cola syrup. Not coal, not Coke. Interesting. Cola syrup. Okay. They use Fernet Branca. That's okay. a thing, yeah. They use champagne in this motherfucker. What the they, hell? It's it is a rum and coke like you've never tasted before.
0: Actually, I tasted it. You you served it to me before. It's really good. Uh, you're ruining <laughs> the moment.
1: Listen, anyway, I found it delicious. <laughs> Stephen Luna had never had any of these things because he has not had alcohol before this year. So we made him try rum and coke and then fancy rum and coke, and it went, I don't know, decently. It was a bit of a mess. He's a bit of a mess. Well,
0: he's insane, but also you have to be if you're not going to drink until you're That's what I'm saying. 40 years older,
1: but I'm excited to check it out. Drinking Lessons from Media Empire Media. Subscribe. It's going to be great. And we're back. And Ryan... What do you think about that interview with Ben Tanzer? I gotta tell you, best friend Ben Tanzer. One of
0: my one of my very good friends, who I'm sure, who I recognize yeah, at definitely. all breakfast establishments. Every single one I'm, of them.
1: Yeah, I'm I.
0: I learned a lot today. I thought it was very exciting. I thought that he answered some of our questions from earlier, uh, things that we were yeah. thinking about,
1: and uh, you know, I, what a, what a great, interesting person to be a good communicator. Listen, but listen actively. Again, not just hearing, but absorbing and asking questions and you know listening and responding like that's just it's just so just so important ryan sorry what were you saying god damn it (sighs) Uh, so listening is really important um something else we can do maybe i think is you know uh, technology and screens and digital platforms i think ben made a great point about that is that you know they're easy scapegoats and probably not to blame right but they don't necessarily help things so Maybe we should, like, put the smartphone down a little bit. And I'm not saying don't use it, but maybe, right. maybe like, once or twice a day, make the decision to, you know what? I'm not going to pick up my phone right now. Yeah. And do something else. Our good friend, uh, our friend of the empire, mm. Shannon Downey. Friend of the empire is a term I just made up. It's a person who is <laughs> who is friendly to the media empire media. Huh. And we had her. Remember Shannon Downey? Yeah. I, oh, do Halloween I remember? remember of her? course I remember yeah, Shannon you know Downey. know Shannon. Yeah. She makes this whole idea... Um. She has this term that she's coined called digital analog balance. Yeah. And and I love it so much because it's not about taking your phone and just forgetting about it or cutting off from technology or deleting your Facebook and Snapchat accounts or whatever. It's about balance. So sometimes use your phone. Great. (laughs) Sometimes talk to people sometimes yeah. do things that aren't digital sometimes go with you know shannon does cross stitch or find something non-digital to do
0: yeah no it's a fantastic idea i i i tr- I, I will say that I, over the last mm, four or five months or so i have really tried to focus on that right so i try to to put my phone down um and and not not look at it every single time something buzzes or um or you know there's a certain time throughout the night right around eight o'clock or so um i will go and i will put my phone in the desk and charge it on the desk rather and charge it and
1: um i don't necessarily look at it for the rest of the night i know that's i it. send you a lot of very important <laughs> late night text messages and yeah. you don't respond you
0: don't hear from me till seven and o'clock I the next say, day hey and that's- look
1: here's this outline that i did for the show tomorrow make sure you read it and you don't do yeah. it that's called Uh, Digital analog balance, my friend. Whatever. Mostly, mostly though, just listen. Yeah. (sighs) Well, we have communicated so much today, Ryan. I am so
0: exhausted. I need to go home and just, oh, never talk to anyone again, or at least for the next 24 hours.
1: Sounds right. We will see you again next week. Until then, goodbye. harder is brought to you by media empire media and our theme song was composed by Stephen luna except for this theme song which is just ryan whistling into his microphone it's strange we'll see you next week media empire media